which of the men it was she couldn't make out, and uncertainty made her irritable. At the sound of a heavy iron triangle being beaten by the men's cook announcing the morning lunch, the worker disappeared. For a moment the mistress of Barraquee allowed the sewing to fall to her lap and a look of balked remembrance to cloud her brown eyes. A moment later the house gong was struck and the little woman went on with her task with a sigh. Came then the sound of ponderous steps on the veranda boards, and round an angle of the house there appeared, carrying a tray, an enormous, fat, aboriginal woman. Like a tank going into action, the gin rolled towards Mrs. Thornton, near whom she placed the tray of tea-things on a small table. Mrs. Thornton gazed up at the beaming face with disapproving eyes. Without an answering smile, she noted the woman's flame-coloured cotton blouse, some six times wider at the waist than at the neck, then at the dark blue print skirt, and finally at the bare, flat feet. At first the feet were stolid, immobile. Then, at the continued steady gaze, the toes began to twitch, and at last, under the pitiless silent stare, one foot began lightly to rub the other. When Mrs. Thornton again looked up, the gin's eyes were rolling in their sockets, whilst the beaming smile had vanished. "'Martha, where are your slippers?' asked her mistress severely. "'Missy, I don't know,' Martha gasped. "'Them slippers got bushed.' "'For twenty years, Martha, have I tried to encase your feet in footwear,' Mrs. Thornton said softly, but with a peculiar grimness of tone. "'I have bought you boots, shoes, and slippers. I shall be very angry with you, Martha, if you do not at once find your slippers and put them on. If they are bushed, go and track them.' "'Suddenly, missus, me track em to hell,' came the solemn assurance. Then, bending over her mistress with surprising quickness, in one of her avoir de poids, she added in a thrilling whisper, "'King Henry, you come back to Baraki. You remember King Henry?' For full thirty seconds brown eyes bored into black without a blink. The white woman was about to say something when the sound of a wicket gate being closed announced the approach of her husband. The gin straightened herself and rumbled back to her kitchen. Almost subconsciously the mistress of Barraquee heard her husband banteringly reprove Martha for the nakedness of her understandings, heard the woman's mumbled excuses, and with an effort of will regained her composure. She was pouring tea when Mr. Thornton seated himself beside her. "'Martha lost her shoes again?' he asked with a soft chuckle. He was a big man, about fifty years of age. Clean-shaven, his features, burned almost brown, denoted the outdoor man and dweller under a subtropical sun. He had clear, deep grey, observant eyes. Wasn't it Napoleon who, after restoring order in France, tried all he could to make her one of the great powers, if not the greatest? she asked with apparent irrelevance. I believe it was, agreed the squatter, accepting tea and cake. Wasn't it his ambition, when he had brought chaos to order, to maintain order by a European peace? Well, what of it? counter-queried Mr. Thornton, reminded of his wife's hero-worship of the great soldier of France. Only that every time he enforced peace on the continent of Europe to allow his governmental machine to run smoothly, it was constantly being put out of action by the grit of a fresh coalition formed by England. England was his bugbear. Martha's naked feet are my bugbear. Well, well, we must remember that Martha once was a semi-wild thing, Thornton urged indulgently. 
Doesn't it ever surprise you that Martha, who has been with us for twenty years, has never wanted to return to her tribe? It does sometimes. It's the one exception to the rule, he said, and that's that. I suppose you're now counting the hours. I am. Ralph's train reaches Burke at eleven, doesn't it? Yes, they should be here about three. I quite expect he will have grown enormously, she said with wistful eyes. He will certainly be a man. Nineteen years old yesterday. Even five months makes a big difference to a lad of that age. For a while they were silent. Having finished his morning tea, the man lit a cigarette, and the woman pensively picked up her sewing. Her boy was coming home from college, and she ached for the feel of his strong arms around her. To her it had been a sacrifice to agree to his spending the last Christmas vacation with friends in New Zealand. She had not seen the boy whom she passionately loved for five long months.